You're listening to the Footprints of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Ash Gartner. Today on Footprints, I'm joined by television and radio news veteran George Danikian. His extensive media career started at 4am in far north Queensland in the mid-70s before eventually becoming the inaugural anchor for SBS World News. A sport aficionado, he joined the streaming radio platform Football Nation Radio four years ago and is also the director of Danikian Media. George, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to start by winding the clock back a yeah. little bit. When did you decide the media industry was where you wanted to be? I never decided it. My father couldn't believe that I wasn't going to pursue law or medicine, which I'd promised him I would. Um, I'd gone to a party and lo and behold, ran into some people at the time who thought I had this really strong, well-modulated voice. And I said to him, listen, they don't give ethnic boys a chance to start uh, working in radio. And the truth of the matter was there were some ethnic boys and girls, uh, not so many girls, but a lot of boys. The trouble was you, you, you could never tell. One, you can't see them on radio. Mm-hmm. And two, that's the beauty. You could always hide behind another moniker. Holger Brockman was Bill Drake. Uh, George Moore was Les Pridmore. And George Donikin became George Donikin when I landed at 2WS because Donikin was too ethnic, but Donikin was ethnic all right, but it was an Irish ethnic and that was okay in Australia in 1980 or 1979, more like it, when I got back to Sydney. What was your response when you were given that option to adjust your surname like that? Um, I rang Dad and I said, what do you think? He said, do it. I said, what? He says, you can always change it back. And that was what happened because within six months or eight months of that, I got a, a crazy opportunity to go and do um, a presser with a guy called Bruce Gingell, who was about to showcase and introduce to Australia this brand spanking new television network that was about to start called the IMBC. Only problem is if you can't identify those, those monikers, it was very simple. That idea was still born in the Senate, in the federal parliament, and they had to find another way to introduce it to Australia. And that is the prime minister of the day and Bruce Gendrell invoked what they call the special broadcasting act. And from that, we saw this entity rise from the offices of North Sydney. We were in a place called Cliff Street, North Sydney, or Milson's Point, just above the US consulate in a rental uh, and that became our first studio and, the, and it ended up being Channel Owen 28, which morphed, of course, into what we know today as SBS, Special Broadcasting Service. So I was never, ever contemplating a career in radio or, for that matter, television, uh, but they were a pathway and it was more luck than uh, anything else. Was there a moment when you realised that this was an industry that you had a lot of passion for and you went, yeah, this is this is my place, this is where I want to be? The day I sent my first audition tape out, and I sent three at the same time, and someone responded. And I went, what? <laughs> okay, I'm in. And my father said to me, why are you so excited? I said, Someone's just, someone just offered me a job. He said, what? <laughs> that, was the, that was the beginning of this long journey. Um, and he asked me, he said, why do you think you're going to make it? Um, I think at that time, though, I, I sort of had this inkling that if anyone came back 
within a few few days or a few weeks or a few months, I, I would I would take a punt. I would take a challenge. I was a fighter. I was a a sports guy. Um, had been very successful on the field in two or three different ventures in cricket, in football, and in athletics. So I liked challenging myself. Uh, this was completely a different challenge, though, um, because there were other ingredients uh, that got in the way or tried to. They, they were there to confuse me. But once that confusion sort of lifted, uh, the focus was 100% on to do the best possible job. And Queensland, or that place far north Queensland, got me to do everything that one needs to do to succeed in radio. And that is you learnt to turn the place on and to turn it off. I learned how to go out and write an ad. I, I learned how to sell advertising, things that I had no interest in until I was obliged to. And it's amazing what you can learn when you have to, when mm -hmm. you get the focus and when the penny drops that it's the way forward. And it's not an obstacle. Take the challenge, put yourself up there and throw yourself in. Really, really immerse yourself. Bruce Gengel knew that I needed some great talent around me. And that's, again, another great sign of leadership where Gengel never really got in your hair, never, never dabbled. But when he saw that you needed assistance, he would pull you aside, sit you down and just listen and say one or two things and remind you that you're the news anchor. If there's a problem, you make it work. In other words, the responsibility is on you. Don't look for others. And they're the lessons that I learned really early on. And uh, my great lesson for all leaders is test yourself and test your team. Don't be afraid to because you'll make them better and you'll make yourself better. Mm -hmm. What traits do you believe make a good leader? Authenticity, an understanding of what is required to do the job and then be truly, truly sympathetic with all those people around you. The greatest gift you can ever do anyone on radio is talk to them. Now, whether you talk to one person or whether you talk to 100,000 or, or 10 million, it's, it's the same. When Katie Couric was doing the news in America and earning about 20 million at CBS, we were in the newsroom watching her. I can remember we were in New York at the time. And she walked out and she said, what would you think of it? I said, I thought you were, I was very pleased to see you, you read the news for me. And she looked at me and she went, yeah, it was directed at you, my guests. She had taken the opportunity to use the live energy in the studio and she directed mm -hmm. it. Didn't, you know, it wasn't your name, but it, she was looking at you. You follow? We were behind the cameras there looking on and she was looking at us and telling it like it was for one person. You always read for one. You never read for 50. Mm -hmm. and it's like when people go to an audience and there's a 1,000 people in the audience, you, know, you don't talk to a 1,000. They hear you, but you're always talking to one. It's the composite, the hybrid one, yeah, the imaginary one if it's on radio, but it's that one and that's that focus I, I always tell people. If... What you bring either on air or on television is that all those life lessons that you've learned on the way. 
and the, the truly uh, natural and gifted presenters or, or uh, um, radio people have this gift of letting their experiences ooze through the, uh, the ether, whether it's uh, radio or TV. So the great businesses are the great businesses that are run by people who, who are uh, really capable, uh, are the ones that understand the challenges, support them by putting, putting them in teams that work and they were happy with the outcome. Now, you joined the Football Nation radio about yeah, yeah. four years ago. Yeah. What was it about that venture that appealed to you? I love the idea that I was given carte blanche to give a whole crop of young broadcasters their spurs mm. and nurse them through those first two, three months, get them through and get them to start thinking for themselves. And each and every one of them, men and women, young women, um, all brought something special. And that's what you want. You don't want a bunch of robots all sounding the same. The really good ones always sounded like themselves. They didn't sound like anyone else. And the truth of the matter in music and in cinema, for example, think of J-Lo, yeah? Jenny from the block. There's one J-Lo. There's one Madonna. There's one, every, every, all those stars, there's one of them. They're unique in their own way. They don't try and sound the same, yeah? And the same applies to the actors. They all bring their, their unique gifts, their unique look, their sound or whatever it is. They don't try to be like someone else. Yes, there are people there who imitate and, uh, and, and, uh, and love doing uh, sketches and all that sort of stuff. That's a completely different gig. That's comedy, that's satire, whatever. But the authentic part, I, I ask all of my broadcasters, just be yourself. But be the best self, yeah? The best of yourself. Now, the theme of this season is leadership through adversity. What would you say some of the challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them? Um. I've got to say that the hardest thing the last year and a half has given us is it's restricted us from doing the sorts of things that we imagined were normal. normal the word normal today uh, means naught. Yeah? Until, we can, until we can return to something very different, uh, things are not normal. And yet the media world, radio and television and newspapers, have not grasped that um, we are going through a global pandemic. They think it's still ratings time, folks. Um, we've got to get out there and clickbait and, uh, you know, scare the hell out of people. This is the time when radio and television and newspapers actually can do themselves a tremendous service, not a disservice, but a tremendous service, and that is speak sense, speak in a tone that doesn't scare people, these are complicated times. Mm. The news from day one and the messaging from day one has been extraordinarily different and mixed. And this is where you've got to make some sort of sense. There are people out there now who, have, who are living in a fractured community, fractured society, a fractured state and a fractured country. Uh, every day I'm hearing it's state of origin. It's Victoria against New South Wales. 
against Queensland, against South Australia. Um, this is the time when we're really being tested. And the first time for about 70 years that this country has, has been tested. We've been, and we still are, an extraordinarily lucky country, but you wouldn't realise it from the headlines. Mm. So we have a tremendous responsibility to, to bring all those fractured pieces back together. And we've got to do it in, in a manner that's authentic, that's real, engaging. You've got to tell me that the news of the day matters. And I don't want to hear headlines, you know. I don't really need... I've, I, one of the great challenges we have right now is if I was the head of a news television uh, network, I wouldn't be having the Premier on every day, male or female. You know? I would have the news of the day. I'd have my news people offer the news of the day. That's what we are. The minute you put a politician on air, it's politics. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe that, just listen. And if you do that, you'll go as grey as I am at the moment. <laughs> so they're challenging us at every level. The media has never been under a greater threat. And yet, you know, they say... Uh, during great chaos, there's great opportunity. The opportunity is to do, learn, do your job, take, hit the refresh button and think to yourself, what am I doing? What's, what's going to make me better? And then, and then work out that you can be better and take the extra step because we're going to need a little bit extra in what we do. Uh, if it requires a bit more um, homework, go the extra yard. Yeah. You'll win down the track. Ash, there'll be people that come back and say, uh, there are three or four people I'm looking at today for a new job op option. I want that one. Why? Because I can sense that they've grown in this last year or last year and a half. Don't be a follower, be a leader. That's why I say again to people, leadership, it always, it's really hard to stand out and stand up when everyone else is sitting down or they're in a neat little pack. You don't, I don't want a pack. I want leaders, people, male and female, increasingly in this world that can stand up and talk to me or talk to us and do it in a manner that, you know, I feel very comforted in. Uh, and that's not easy. Now, what are some of your habits for success? Are there things that you do day to day to ensure that you not only get the most out of yourself but others around you as well? Read widely, read everything. And I mean, read widely. Don't just go to your favourites. Uh, the thing that gave me an extraordinary foothold on the SBS World News, imagine I've gone from radio, I've done an audition, they've said, we've got a job for you. Now, no one knew what that job would be. How did I survive? Years and years of being the greatest sticky beak on the planet. <laughs> My, because I didn't speak English when I went to school, yes, I spoke Greek, I spoke Armenian, I spoke some Turkish, and I spoke no English because that, that's what happened in those ethnic households all those years ago. And it took me a year and a half, nearly two years to learn to speak English at school. So for wow. those first two, two years, it was like crazy stuff. But I had two most wonderful godparents, uh, Vass and, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, Vass and, and John, a seraphim. And the, the wonderful thing was each and every year they'd buy me an encyclopedia. You know the standalone ones? I that do. Ultimate, that ultimately make up a set. 
The Encyclopedia Britannica collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think mine was the World Book. Oh, okay, uh, and, okay. And what it was, uh, I'd get one each year, right? But I would read that one from cover to cover like you would read a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. That is a comic. So it, for me, um, that that general knowledge became huge. I didn't realise it, but it was the most wonderful backup tool. It was the best pre-Google Google uh, outlet that anyone could offer me. And I had it in there. I didn't need to go to Google. I mean, I, I keep saying to people today, forget about Google, get out there and read. Google's got all the answers, but no, no wisdom, guys. Think about it. Yes, mm-hmm. all the answers, but no wisdom. So if you want some wisdom, read and read across. One of the greatest things that I'm watching right now is how few and few and few people and fewer people are reading. Wow. And I understand now we process through pictures. Whoa. And now if you want to ever learn anything, and my wife's the expert here, she'll just go and Google uh, the instructions and she'll look them two or three times and then she'll do it. And she's fabulous. Um, but I still would say to people, read, read widely. And don't just, don't just listen to one radio station. Don't read just one paper. Don't watch just one news. Watch them all, especially for you, especially mm. for me in those days because I didn't want one view. I didn't want one perspective. I wanted as well-rounded a perspective as possible. And the only way to achieve that is to hear it all. Now, what advice would you give to someone setting out on a similar journey to the one that you've had? Be fearless. Don't be worried about what's coming up in front of you. Look and see it as the challenge it is and deserves to be because it's going to make you better. It's going to make you sharper. It's going to make you hungrier. Um, and it's going to ask more of you. And that's how you grow. That's, that's the whole purpose of growth. The whole purpose of growth, if you know it all, uh, well, what's to learn? And life is about learning. Uh, I'm 45 years in media and I, and I still see every new day as a great day to learn. Um, this opportunity to catch up with you and to find out who Ash Gardner is, that, that to me is a learning experience. I'll now listen to the radio, I'll listen to Nova with, uh, hey, I know Ash. Um, and, that's, and that's terrific. That's, um, that's a gift and... I, I would say if you're on a journey to work in, um, in television or in, uh, in radio, uh, it's a tremendous one, but you're going to be asked to do things that you haven't been um, trained to do. Uh, don't be intimidated by that. Take it on. I can remember uh, having five or six editors edit my stories when we started. By the end of my time at 10, uh, we were editing our own news updates, not the news, but the news updates. Um, So the business has come uh, almost full circle in some respects. Um, And it's just as hard now as it was for me in the early days, because you're now being asked to do so much more. And the same thing applies with radio. There are so many more tools that you can access, um, um, which makes it uh, exciting and nerve wracking, but, As I say to people, don't be one of those that allows the nerves to scare you off. Graham Kennedy used to say to us, 
all the nerves do, are the greatest banner headline for the rest of your body and your brain. And what they're saying is you're on heightened alert, you're good to go, and anything they throw at you, you'll be able to absorb or take on board. So nerves is your body preparing itself for battle. Don't say, I don't want nerves or I want to push the nerves down. Embrace them. Let them soak. Let them fill you up because they're going to make you perform even better. When you're terrified and you, and you do what you do instinctively, eh, then you know you're doing something special. You, at the time, you're going, no! <laughs> but deep down, you're like that, that swan or that duck on the river pond. You're pedalling so fast to float and survive, but at the end of the day, on camera, the real you, that sum of the parts is coming together and delivering the goods, and then you know you've got some talent to work with. And um, that's what it is. You want to work with talented people. To me, I want all those young broadcasters we have at FNR to go on and you know, become professionals somewhere else. So we can train the next crop of youngsters. Um, and there's a World Cup coming down under inside two years, which means there's an awful lot of young women that will need to be capable, authentic, and able to carry a story. You need to be a better storyteller than ever before. And when you do that, you can go anywhere and do anything. George, thank you so much for joining me on the Footprints of Leadership podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Footprints of Leadership podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify to be notified of our next episode. You can find more on our socials at Footprints Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Giraffe Consulting. If your business is ready for a new perspective, visit giraffeconsulting.com.au.